1: Welcome back to the podcast. This week, my guest is John Crickmer, and he is the founder and president of Crickmer Wealth Advisors. Welcome, John. Hey, Gary. Great to be here. So, John, what, what made you get into the financial advising finance world?
0: I'll tell you what. Way back in the day when I was in high school, I was one of the few probably students in junior high that uh, carried around and read the Wall Street Journal every day. And so I always had an interest as far as in the money world and how the markets worked and the capital markets. And, um, but I didn't really know what that meant as far as a career. I never even considered that. And, um, you know, one day, uh, being an honorary boy growing up in central Illinois, um, got myself into a little bit of trouble, spent a little bit of time that evening at the police department. And, um, you know, the next day, one of the local business owners and, uh, the way I met him, actually, I, uh, his wife taught uh, a cooking class in home economics um, at my high school, and uh, there was a really cute girl in that class who's now my wife, um, okay. and so I took that cooking class to be able to meet her, um, and and this fellow's business owner his wife thought that was kind of funny, so I became kind of friends with them, and he uh, picked me up uh, right after I got out of the police station and said, you know, John, you're a good kid who made some bad choices. Um, And you really love the money world and you, I think within you is just the real desire to help people. Um, And so how do you take this event in your life and actually use it for good to help people? And so that started me on a path of saying, okay, great, let's get some education. And I went and completed my undergraduate in accounting and finance and knocked that out, finished out my MBA and and then started our own business. Uh, We started in the industry in 1991 and uh, started our own firm in January of
1: 1995. Oh, that's awesome. So now, in your years, you know you've kind of developed your your craft and and I'm sure it came up with many different iterations and things of of ways that that you did things. you know right now though, um, one of the things, the concept that you're that you're using is a true wealth plan. Can you mm-hmm. tell us about that? You know it's really interesting here I have
0: this um, you know, I love people. I love hearing their stories. And um, you know, even as far as listening to, as far as on your podcast, I've learned so much from so many people. Um, and I just think within their lives, there's such richness and fullness in the way they do things and really in the things that are important to them. So I think everybody, all the listeners of the podcast, I think everyone out there as far as in America, I believe they've got big hopes and dreams within them. Now, they may not see it as big hopes and dreams, um, but it's things that are important to them. Someone might be saying, hey. You know, I mean, I love my wife and my kids or my spouse and my kids. Well, man, that's so important to you. Um, Or maybe there's something in your life that's impactful from your community. Um, Maybe you're a person of faith and there's something in which your uh, local church that you go to, and maybe you work with children's ministry or something like that. Well, that's important to you. Maybe you grew up and you had a situation where you were hungry a lot. And so maybe feeding people and food is important to you. Um, I believe everybody has got important things that they want to see accomplished. And so with us, we believe that people come to us for a money reason. However, that's not what's most important to them, you know, as far as the greatest return on their account, or how can we save taxes as far as on their investment decisions, or uh, what is the best way to provide protection inside their portfolios. We believe those are simply decision points to help them live out incredible lives. Well, we call that true wealth. And so for each person, we try to help everyone really clearly define the things in life that money cannot buy is the things that are more important. And then Gary, we actually have summarized it down and what we do is we help good people make great decisions to live incredible lives. And so it's about saying, Hey, what are those incredible things to you? Now, what are those financial decisions that you need to make as far as with your wealth management,
1: where that will allow you to live out that incredible life? Right. Right. So, how does you know because, because you know to me you're saying a lot of good things that it makes sense because I kind of you find out the person's why and I think that that's that's always important um, if it has to do with somebody's career path or finances or, or taxes or anything else that that they're doing. but what you're doing though, how is that different than the the traditional you know financial planning that that most people go in to have done?
0: Yeah, that's such a great question. It's it's a clear distinction between what we do and what folks are typically used to in talking with uh, whoever their investment professional may be. And I think what it gets down to is really the question of why is it um, that you're here on this earth? What is it that you're doing that's important to you? Ultimately, when people make investment decisions, they're simply saying, boy, I need to have a good rate of return. Um, I need to manage my risk. I don't want to lose money. Man, back in 2020, you know, goodness, the market dropped 37% in one month. What could I do so I don't go through that again? Or I'm getting to that point in my career where I'm looking to sell my business. I'm looking to uh, retire at some point, um, different stage of life, protections at a higher level for me. What could I do? So, so oftentimes I have found that those questions that they're asking, the answers or solutions that are provided to them, they're really product-focused, right? and so the solution result totally revolves around certain product now the products could differ to who you're talking to um in my space the field where i work in wealth management um, there are some people that quite honestly they sell insurance as far as their profession Um, well they may call themselves a wealth manager Uh, there are those that invest in stocks and bonds and they receive a commission for that they may call themselves a wealth manager um, there are those that have a, let's say a private office, they charge for asset center management. They may call themselves a wealth manager. Well, there may also be those that actually write a financial plan and charge a fee to write that plan, they may call themselves a wealth manager. Within all of that is such confusion as far as what does a true wealth manager do? And so what we do is we begin every single relationship with the most important question of what's important in life to you. What are the, Let's hear your story. Um, I think everyone's got a story, and quite honestly, everyone is the hero in their own story, whether or not they recognize that, they're gonna tell stories and once they're the hero in their story, within that story, though, we're able to uncover what's important to them. And what I have found we looked at clients um over the years, I'll say probably about ten years ago, twelve years ago, I started looking at clients that looked the same on paper. They had a very similar net worth, both both of them were three million dollars. They had a similar level of income a similar looking family or or background structure. Some of those clients, they were able to stay focused upon the action, the execution steps we had laid before them on their financial plan. And other other clients did not stay focused. They kept on wandering. They kept on uh, getting off their path and making other poor decisions or other decisions that ultimately ended up hurting them from accomplishing their goal objectives. So we started trying to figure out what is the difference in the two The only commonality we had of the people that actually stayed with the action steps in the plan and were able to accomplish what their ultimate stated goal objectives were, were those that could clearly articulate what is most important to them with their values, with their um, the things that hold dear to them and from their story, whereas others that were more focused solely upon a number, whether it be net worth, whether it be income, tax savings, whatever it may be. We found that they wandered as far as an actual execution, and ultimately yeah. they did not accomplish what their mission was. And so, what we do is we help them clarify that down to where they can clearly articulate what's important to them, and then how each of the execution steps help them live it out.
1: Right. You know, obviously, I'm 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 hearing you, and what you're saying, and, and the big thing is, is you know, from a, a mistake standpoint, that that somebody typically that you typically see. Wandering is a big one, obviously. Yeah. Um, what are some other um, mistakes that you see people make yeah. when it comes to the, the wealth, you know, wealth management, wealth accumulation and so forth? What do you see? Yeah. So we see obviously
0: wandering is a big one. They get distracted by the things of life that happen. And so oftentimes they're ultimately not sure what it is they really want to accomplish. And so if we don't have the end in mind. It's hard to get there. So that's the first one. The second one is is that we see people that end up making reactionary decisions. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden, then um, an event happens. Uh, When that event happens, they make a decision uh, based upon that event. So they become reactionary. And in doing so, oftentimes that blows up their plan, or maybe it's a good short-term decision in the day or in the moment, but it actually takes them further away from accomplishing their goals. So reactionary. The third and fourth are two very similar Um, and it kind of plays on the reactionary, quite honestly, um, is that there's two core human emotions. There's fear and there's greed. And so anytime that we see someone that is basing financial decisions based upon one of those two core emotions, they actually end up making a bad decision. So I would say those three are probably the three um, errors or mistakes that we see in our clients' lives um, as they're kind of walking through investment and, and really wealth management decisions.
1: Yeah, I think that um, that anytime you're being reactionary, I don't care what it's in, you're going to make a mistake. If it's talking with somebody and reacting to the way that they have spoken to you, if it's, you know, reacting to what the market's doing, you know, abruptly, um, you know, if you're in business reacting, you know, at the end, end of the year on what you're going to do about taxes, you always make mistakes. Mm-hmm um you know so i think that the process that you guys have set up really helps them not make those mistakes and not be reactive um i've always said that it's like you know and again i'm going to date myself here you know you decide that you're going to go to disney you pull out the map and you start looking at the map and you decide what route you're going to go where you're going to stop along the way and things like that and as you're driving there if you see that there's an accident or something like that, you're going to do your detour, mm-hmm. but you can do that because you plan for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think so much in life, people aren't doing that, especially now. Yeah. Um, and it's just, okay, I want to get to that number so I can say I'm I'm at that number. Um, it,
0: that's a great point. And the number really is kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, quite honestly, whenever we kind of think about it, it's just, a uh, it, it's just, it's arbitrary. Um, and at the end of it, it's truly about making those decisions intentionally. Um, and you mentioned taxes at the end of the year. Um, some And I, I really, I can't stand paying taxes. I, mean, I hate that, you know, right? It's like, man, I worked so hard and now I'm going to lose this much. Um, and so sometimes I see some folks that actually make a tax decision, a phenomenal tax decision uh, they've received some counsel on. Um, however, it's an insular decision. Um, and so it's not taking into account all the goals. Maybe they hurt their net worth, they hurt their overall after tax income, they they hurt their positioning to accomplish future goals um all because they hated paying taxes. And it's like, boy, um, if you can actually be intentional in what you're doing and you can be thoughtful with your advisors, then you have the ability to get to a holistically best decision, which would ultimately
1: save you less as far as in tax, save you more in taxes over time. Yeah, I think that you know. One of the things that you just said there, and and I'm constantly preaching this too, is being intentional with your advisors. Mm -hmm. And it's letting your advisors talk because you're right. I mean, there's many times that I'll sit down with a financial advisor um, and they wanna do something for whatever reason. And it's just like, well, you know, this is what the client is, is, you know, is working towards. And if you do that, then that's going to change how we have to do this. We really need to talk to the client to make sure that it's still, you know, being done in the manner that they want, and not all of these individual advisors acting in a silo.
0: Yeah, that man, that is so wise because you do see people that come in; they all of a sudden they hear a great uh, story or a great opportunity on the investment side. As far as an opportunity that, uh, boy, it really has got a lot of positives to it. However, right. if it's not structured right and worked well. Um, it could be such a poor decision, um, not just from a return standpoint, but from a truly tax impactful return standpoint. And so bringing together all the different disciplines, it
1: really seems like that's the more wholly complete way to walk through it. Right, right. Um, and not, not, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but <laughs> tell me, because you know, I, I, I know about it and um, have heard many different um, opinions about them. Um, How do you feel about, you know, structured notes and how they can be used in somebody's portfolio to help them increase wealth, but then also reduce taxes? Yeah, so
0: structured notes is so interesting seeing how tools have developed over the years. And um, we first started looking at structured notes. Oh, man, I'm going to date myself. You mentioned dating yourself. And so it was probably 24, 25 years ago. Um, and it's been interesting how they've kind of morphed and changed over the years. So a structured note um, is a note issued by a financial institution, typically a bank. Uh, a lot of major banks, the JP Morgans of the world, uh, Citigroups, uh, Barclays, um, issued structured notes in many different forms. Um, there's an underlying security um, or index, uh, if you will. It could be any, any number of things. It has to be 500. As far as an index, could be the Dow, could be the NASDAQ. It could be a commodity um, gold, silver, palladium, whatever, or it could be an individual holding and um, such an individual stock. And so uh, with that, they have a state of maturity date um, as far as when those mature and they could be anything from ultra short, a number of uh, months, or it could be a little bit longer term. We see them as long, um, as far as reasonableness, uh, somewhere in the 24 to 30 month time period seems to be a reasonable time for length uh, as far as, um, as far as the way they're structured. And the rate of return really comes out to the individual um, it's ultimately tied to um, an option strategy, if you will, um, in which the rate of return on the upside, uh, you can earn a percentage of the upside. And the way in which they're written, Gary, man, they can be 180% of this particular return. It can be the greater of two or three underlying securities. It could be the lesser return over the period of time. So ways of structuring it. Um, however, it does build in a certain level of structure. We saw these actually grow in popularity. Um, In 2022, um, at a very fast pace, um, whenever we saw the Federal Reserve um, stepping in and raising interest rates ten times over the course of eight months, I mean that was a a large increase. Um, It provided a lot of instability in all the financial markets, but it provided some tremendous opportunities as far as with the underlying options and the difference in the volatility of those options to put out some very good rate of returns with a lower level of risk. Um, And so we do see structured notes as being an appropriate tool. Um, If structured properly inside, um, you do wanna make sure that the uh, the writing financial institution is financially strong because ultimately your risk lies with the financial institution there and their stability. Um, But so like, let's say as an example, if you had um, a note that was written by Credit Suisse Um, And it was the wrong division of Credit Suisse um, with the difficulties they had at the end of 2022, beginning of 23, uh, before they got bought out by UBS. um, Then that could have provided some uh, potential loss of principal um, simply due to the underlying, uh, the the, the issuing bank there. So uh, they are tools
1: that we like using, Gary. Uh, That's great. You know, lots of times, you know, again, when when I hear people talk and things like that, a lot of people aren't talking about those. And I think that they, you know, and again, like you're saying, hey, at the end of 22 and with with the rate hikes and everything else, they they could be very good for your portfolio. Um, But but a lot of people aren't talking. Everybody's still trying to chase that next apple. Um, And I think that that that's a little dangerous. It is. Because a lot of it, whenever we chase that next um, individual stock, and
0: and I I honestly, personally, my own personal portfolios, um, I do have some different uh, opportunities that we do chase. Um, However, it's for a reasonable percentage of the overall portfolio that we believe could be there and and we could lose 100% of our investment. And so you do have to be so careful. Um, I do think risk management um, inside anybody's net worth. And so, a lot of times, talk portfolio, people think about what's in their stock market or their 401k portfolio. But really, portfolio is your balance sheet, uh, whatever that's comprised of. Um, risk management and risk arbitrage is the key foundational cornerstone that has to be at the beginning and ending um,
1: of any portfolio development. Right. So, John, we've covered a lot and I could sit here and talk to you for a long time because I like the, the your, your guy's methodology. I like how you um, really talk to the clients and get their why before you start developing stuff. Because I've seen too many times where somebody comes in to an advisor with, OK, here's my life savings. And the advisor does not put together a plan, does not really talk to them about that. It's like, oh, just transfer the money over here and then we'll figure it out. And mm-hmm. it's just like mm-hmm. I think that that's such a huge mistake uh, that people make. And then even after that, the only time that they hear from the advisor is maybe once a year, asking them if, hey, you want you you know you're old enough, you want to do an in service rollover or something like that, um, or, or looking for that next that next sale, which I don't feel is a is a good way for people to do things. Um, what have I not asked you that you wish I had in this short period of time that we had?
0: Man, I'll tell you what, gear that that what you had just mentioned there—it just kind of lies at the heart of how we think people should be managing their their financial lives, which ultimately is their personal lives. I mean, the financial is what drives the personal, right? It gives you the ability to the things you want to do. It's really viewing what you're doing as a strategy, and so you have to have ongoing strategy sessions with whoever the stakeholders are. And so if you are in a relationship and you have a husband or a wife or a significant person in your life, you need to be having continual discussions on a regular basis about what are those goal objectives? What is important to each individual? And you need to be revisiting those things. Um, You need to be getting together, people need to get together with their different advisors, whoever they may be. And you wanna make sure you have quality advisors that are more concerned about you accomplishing your goals than what their ultimate professional responsibilities are, um, and so I think that's really a key component. They have to be students, they have to be learners for life, but they also truly have to have an empathetic heart for the client accomplishing their goals. And so I think, you know, I think that that really area is a key point that we've not talked about. I think the second thing, just for my personal journey. Um, you know, I was talking to my wife, Stacey. we're kind of going over um, just kind of where we're at in life. And uh, I'm 53 years old, and uh, and I all of a sudden realized about a couple months ago that, you know, it's like, man, from 9 to 10 at night, I waste a lot of time. <laughs> and um, it's like, I was thinking back the previous week, it's like, we watched some sitcoms, and they were funny in the moment. I got no memory about what the storyline was, no memory of what was said. Yeah, I just right. kind of vegged. And so I started myself for now the last six weeks where I forced myself to get up at five in the morning and I work out every day and stuff like that, but um, to have 30 minutes of dedicated thinking. And what I'm focused on is right now, I ask myself one question, in the next six and a half years till I turn age 60, um, what do I want to accomplish with my family, with my three adult boys and their wives, with my grandchildren? What does that want to accomplish in the greater community? What is it I want to do? And my, my oldest son was out uh, in the mountains outside of Denver, and um, he wants he and I to go on do climbing and climb 214ers every year. Well, it's kind of like, if I do that when I'm 60, what do I need to do on the monthly, the weekly, and the daily to prep myself for that physically and mentally? Right. And so when you think about it, that helps me determine my why. That helps me determine, so I would encourage everyone to spend some time thinking about what's important about life to you, and then structure and center those financial decisions with quality advisors around you to actually live it out. Um, man, those are the things I think is, is at the crux of everything that a lot of folks get past that key point. And if we get past it just to make an investment decision or a tax
1: decision, maybe we're making a good decision, but not for the right reasons. Right, right. No, I think that's great advice. Um John, if people like what they hear and they want to talk to you, um, I know you have your your own podcast that you have going. Also, uh, tell us a little bit about that and and how people can reach you.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what. Our podcast is entitled uh, "Great Or." And I'm sorry, i I'm just sitting there getting ready to say it right. Uh-huh. So, um, it's so it's "Great Decisions, Incredible Lives." It's about how do we go about making those great decisions to live that incredible life. Uh, so it's on all all major podcasting channels. And so you'll be able to find it there. Um, and then also you can hop over to our website, which is Creekmur. I mean, my last name is a funny name. If it was Smith. It'd be simple, right? So right. I always got to say and com. So that's C-R-E-E-K-M-U-R wealth.com. Off of that site is a platform site. And so you can actually hop on there and uh, get to a whole bunch of different resources. And, uh, and whether it's uh, different channels that we're on um, or also different venues, I do a lot of public speaking and so different venues we have offices right now goodness three in illinois outside of chicago instead certain part of the state uh, dallas texas denver colorado avon up in the mountains um, we're heading over to um, uh, um, toledo ohio here in the uh, first part of august
1: and so a lot of
0: different spots around the country we do public speaking and uh, my agenda is on there also
1: great hey john i really appreciate your time appreciate your advice i think that uh, a lot of what you said uh, you know, listeners really need to take mm-hmm. it to heart because I think that that uh, having somebody understand your why is always going to get you help get you to your end goal.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Thanks for having me, Gary.
1: Great. Hey, this week uh, our guest was John Kriegmer, who's the founder and president of Creekmer Wealth Advisors. I'll see you guys next week.
0: This show has been produced by Market Domination LLC.